Hello and welcome to How to Lead a Group, the leadership podcast for everybody, and possibly also the podcast with the most boring title ever. Perhaps it's the most practical title we could come up with. Okay, it's practical, but it's still boring. We need a, okay, right out of the gate, we need a better name. So if you have ideas for a better name, please send them to us, please. Anyway. My name's Eric Ankenman. I'm on the content team here at Crossroads, which basically means that I do a lot of writing and helping come up with ideas, and I'm joined by the the lovelier half of the dynamic duo here. Yeah, my name is Jamie Sims, and I'm on our communications team, which I do a lot of project management work, and I use words, so... You do a lot of spreadsheets, too. A lot of, I can see your computer from, from my desk, and there's an ungodly amount of spreadsheets going and on. And Google Docs, right? Yeah. It's a thing. It's, it is a thing. It is a thing. Okay. So on the podcast, essentially what we try to do each week is mine the collective wisdom of Crossroads community for the best principles, the tips and tricks that will help us lead groups well, care for the people that God has put in front of us. Before we dive into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about who Eric is? It's true. Um... Let's see. My life essentially consists of working and corralling the 800,000 children that my wife and I have. No, actually, it's four and six and under, so six, four, two, and almost a year. She'll be a year in about two weeks. And so, yeah, that is that is essentially my day. Get up, go to work, and then go home and corral people. <laughs> what about you? Well, uh, my life is nothing like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm single, so that means I get up when I want to. I mean, I get to work on time. I hate you. And no children knocking. But I'm an aunt. I have two nieces, and all my friends, they, they keep trying to make me the aunt to their kids. So It's like a grandparent with even less responsibility. Exactly, and that's, that's why I love it. <laughs> I'm so jealous of you right now. I just want to sleep. That's all I want. All right, enough tomfoolery. Let's introduce our extra special special guest today, Brian Tome. Welcome, Brian. Uh, well, very welcome. Good to, good to be welcome right here. This is the inaugural episode. Is that what it I is, understand? It is, indeed. Man, impressive. So, so what we want to start out with before we get into kind of the meat of what we're talking about today is a little rapid fire get to know you. Hopefully some questions that will reveal maybe a little bit of, of you that people haven't heard. So we're going to do five questions, 30 seconds, rapid fire. You ready? Uh, wait, hold, hold, hold. Does everybody get this? Everybody gets Everyone this. Everyone gets so it. the first gets, one. You are the first one, but everybody's going to get uh, these five okay, questions. Okay, okay. I'm stressed. I didn't, right, know, that, I didn't know it was going to be test. The first one's easy, and this part you've talked about quite a bit already. What do you do, and tell us about your family. Real quick. Uh, Brian Tome, senior pastor at Crossroads, started 20-some years ago. Been married for 28 years. Son, 23. Daughter, excuse me, daughter, 25. Son, 23. Daughter, 19. Stupid dog, 6. <laughs> Empty nester. Yeah. All right. What is your middle name? Douglas. What's the best movie you saw this year? Oh man! Oh, 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 this should be an obvious one, but I can't think of it. I can't. Oh, I know, I know, no, Hacksaw Ridge. No brainer, Hacksaw Ridge. All right. How many cats is too many cats? Two is too many cats. What's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, people in front of me at the red light who are texting <laughs> and not going when it turns green. 
So should there be no texting at the red there light? There could be texting at the red light. You have to be behind me in the car. If you're behind me, you can text all you want. If you're in front, you can text all you want. But you better look up every half second if to make sure it's turned green. If you're the front of the line, you have a responsibility yes, you to uphold. All right. All right. That's fair enough. All right. So to kick things off, you know, we're we're talking about leading groups and you know, this this kind of all starts, you know, at least for I think a lot of leaders with with some fear, with some apprehension about like this idea of I'm going to try and lead people, who am I to lead people? I don't I don't feel like I'm qualified, I don't feel like I know enough. What if they ask me a question I don't have an answer for? You know, for a lot of people that's that's that initial barrier to entry. So you know, let's scale it all the way back to the very beginning. That leader who's thinking about leading a group but doesn't know how to overcome that fear. Where, where do you start, you know, if that's what you're feeling? That you're not worthy? Yeah, you're worthy. You don't know enough. I, I just, I, that fear of, like, I have to, I have to be an expert. Well, I'd say well, welcome to the club. <laughs> Believe it or not, welcome to the club. Uh, I feel unworthy regularly before I get up on the weekend. And especially when I lead a group, I feel the most unworthy before I lead a group. When I feel like uh, when I'm preaching, I feel like I'm sort of in control Mm -hmm. because I've prepared my things and no one can throw me off. But when you get into a group setting, you're you're maybe leading, but you're not in control. You don't know what's going to be thrown at your way that you have to adjust and, and adapt with, and that is very very uncomfortable. So I would I would say if you feel uncomfortable, you feel insecure, you are not crazy. That is part of why this is a stretch for us spiritually, and it's also part of why it's healthy for us spiritually. We grow when we're stretched. So if you don't want to be stretched, then don't try to grow spiritually. And if you want to grow spiritually, you're going to eventually have to learn to lead other people, and that means being involved in a group. How do you take that first step? Like, how do you, I mean, it's it's a natural fear, so how do you, like, what do they do? Like, what, what can you do to get over it? You, you don't get over it. You don't, you do not get over it. You just do it. The more you do it, the more you are comfortable with it, but there's no, there's no secret to how not to be concerned before you go into a small group meeting or especially your first time. Other than the basic stuff that's there with anything you do for the first time, having faith, having an awareness that God has never let you die before, and you're not going to die leading a small group, right? Let's put the stakes right, you know. Having, uh, having an awareness that God does unique things. The Bible says where two or more are gathered, I'm with them. So that, I believe, can include a small group meeting as well. And so you just have to operate in the confidence that God's going to do something and I'm going to do my part by taking a step, even though I don't have all the answers, though I've done my best to prepare. So when for you practically, when you're getting ready to lead a new group and you, you face that, that fear, are there conscious mental things that you do or habits that you have or it's like I know if as soon as I get to this point it'll it'll start getting a little bit easier like what do you do to help kind of practically overcome that uh, well one is I want to I want to before I go into a group or this is a message too this will probably be in just about any kingdom role I, I want to make sure I've gone before God and he's good with me mm-hmm. so any sin that I've got in my life that's not dealt with I want to confess that anything that uh, I'm just not um, feeling clear on. I want to give him a little time to maybe whisper something to me. So I want to make sure that the relationship between me and God is as is, is good as, as much as I can control. The second thing I, I do is I want to give people something that God's already doing in me. If you're a small group leader, you're a shepherd. 
And so a shepherd goes to places where he knows there's green grass. He's gone or she's gone to a place where they've been before. So I want to assume that if God's doing something in my life, then he probably wants that to come out in some way, shape, or form in the meeting that night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to do that. Uh, the other thing is, uh, and that's also tied to being authentic and vulnerable. I want to make sure that that people get to know a little bit more about me as the leader or as the preacher, anything it is. When someone comes into a group setting uh, or com- someone comes under any setting where somebody's leading, they're wanting to know God more, and in order for them to know God more, they really want to know the leader more. So I've got to be willing to uh, to put myself on display. I've got to be willing to talk about things I'm really excited about. I've got to be willing to open up my heart on things that I'm uh, dreaming about, open up my heart on things that I'm not happy about in my life. Um, you do those things, and you start to create a, a fertile soil where stuff can actually take root and blossom. Why do you think... You know, this this kind of transitions into this bigger topic of authenticity in general, which you've talked a lot about over the years. What is it about that act of vulnerability, you think, that that creates such an impact in people? I think our culture is so marketed to everyone. We all have a a message that's coming away. And I'm not anti-marketing. Marketing is simply making sure that you understand what I'm offering you. So it's not anti-marketing. It's just that we've all been marketed to so much with a very precise presentation that tells us what we should do. And when we hear a similar presentation, we kind of, we, we immediately disconnect. So when comes in, someone comes into a group setting or in a crossroads setting, I want to err on the side of authenticity, which means there's a lot that can go off the rails here. And this isn't completely buttoned up. So I get made fun of sometimes for making up words, or I know I slur my, my I know I slur my diction occasionally. I know that sometimes I start a thought and I'll go, oh gosh, I didn't finish that. Uh, and then I kick myself afterwards, going, oh gosh, I started that thought and I didn't finish it. But here's the thing: it's all because I intentionally do not want to read a buttoned-up script off my iPad. In which case. I wouldn't be making up any words. Every beginning thought would have a conclusion, but people wouldn't feel a sense of rawness. Um, and that's exactly what you get in a small group, right? And I'm, I'm putting in a lot of time to prepare something that's delivered from stage. Not quite as much time if I'm doing something in my home. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, not quite. Not nearly. <laughs> not, even cl- not even close. In large part because we're there in a group setting, not for preaching time, but to interact with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because I I want people to see the real me, not the prepared me. So we have to feel that uh, uh, that, that freedom to be a bit unscripted and to be um, you know rough, if you will. Mm. So in the context of a group, um, obviously there are ways to do authenticity well in ways that are not as well. Um, what makes for good authenticity? Good authenticity is, well, one thing is when you don't say the obvious. Like someone says stuff like, well, you know, I've done some stuff I'm not proud of. Wow, that's great. That's that boy, whew, man, thanks for the vulnerability. I've done some stuff I'm not proud of. Wow, okay, good. 
uh, it's it's not being Captain Obvious, right? It's mm-hmm. it's talking about stuff that is not the obvious. Um, another thing that's important is to have as many people who are safe as possible. I think one of the things that I I did in the early days of being authentic is I would say things that would put others at jeopardy. So some of my biggest fights in my marriage were her hearing about me saying things that included her that didn't necessarily put her in a positive light or me sharing something that she told me that was bothering me and I shared that with my small group and then she kind of felt like she couldn't she couldn't she couldn't trust me. So in that setting one of two things needed to happen. One, I needed to not bring her in to to that conversation at all, at all, at all, or I needed to make sure it was a group setting that was safe enough that it was safe enough that she wouldn't find out about it and feel bad that I'd brought it up. So th- that's an interesting thought. And, you know, I've, I've always, I think, at least growing up, my what was modeled to me was a lot of a lot of you know, kind of keep the walls all neat and clean. So like, I'm going to share something, but it's going to be something really vague like that. And if somebody does share something, it's like, okay, we gotta we gotta button that thing all up, and we gotta get it solved right there. Whereas what you're describing is almost kind of the inverse. Like, let's let it all out. Right. Let's, let's open it up. A group is really powerful because you're allowing people to be in process. So if mm-hmm. you think about it, versus a again a, a Sunday service, you're telling people here's the truth, here's what you need to do, isn't this great, away we go, and you're just trusting people are going to agree with that and or they're going to go do that. That's it. It's But a, a group is you're wanting people to be in process. You're not going to share something that, boom, immediately I got it, I'm embracing my life, and my life has changed. Mm-hmm. There's going to be things that are shared that are going to be unfolding over days, weeks, months, even years maybe. Mm. So and and you have to be patient in that and allow things to be messy. With with that in mind, how do you as a leader, you know, knowing like I want to take people somewhere, how do you share your story in a way that inspires them to step into that process and share their own and kind of, you know, kind of start that journey? Well, we've got to make sure that people understand that there's nothing special about my DNA. Mm-hmm. Just because my name is Joe Schmo doesn't mean that my DNA smells better than yours and therefore <laughs> I'm closer to God. We've got to let people see that if, I, if, I'm, if I'm anywhere, it's because of the grace of God inside of me. And so you're constantly putting yourself on display as a method to point God's grace on display. And so that might mean we, we talk about our problems a lot and talk about how God brought, brought, um, brought us through it. That's good. All right. So we're going to finish things up. Um, in the spirit of authenticity, uh, we want to just just bring some humor into this and uh, give give our listeners an, uh, the ability to learn a little more about you. Mm-hmm. So we're going to ask you two things in closing. The first one is, what is that pro tip you would offer um, to our listeners? Anyone who um, is new or they're further along in being a leader, like what can they walk away with? What should they do? Uh, I think the pro tip is just the topic of today. The pro tip is always err on the side of aggression. Always. If you think that you can't share something or you shouldn't share something, share it. Mm. Utterly share it. Just think, I, I would just 
ask our listeners to think about when's the last time you were in a small group or you heard somebody talk and you really wish they wouldn't have gotten that personal? <laughs> when's the last time you were sitting there going, I know there's inappropriate stuff. We don't, we don't want to hear about people, you know, who are picking their nose and eating it or something like that. I'm, I'm talking like, when's the last time you heard someone talk about a struggle they've had with porn, pornography, and you went, gosh, I wish they didn't talk about that. When's the last time you heard somebody say, I was unfaithful in my marriage and we're still trying to put it back together and you wish, gosh, I wish you wouldn't have said that. When's the last time you heard someone say, I had a miscarriage and I haven't trusted God since. Gosh, I wish you wouldn't have said that. When's the last time you heard someone say, I went through personal bankruptcy, lost everything that I own, and so tithing is really hard for me because I've been a financial failure. Gosh, I wish you wouldn't have said, you know what, no. Whenever someone says those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. everyone leans in, everyone feels safe, and everyone thinks higher of that person, higher. So as a leader, a pro tip is, if you will push yourself to share, People will think more highly of you and they will allow you to go further than if you not share that. You, your qualifications are not based on your Bible knowledge. Your qualifications that people will give you inside of our cultures, whether or not you are trustworthy. And people know whether or not you're trustworthy, not if you have no sin in your life, but whether or not you're confident enough to bring it out and talk about your issues. That's a huge, huge, massive pro tip. I don't know a single, I don't know a single small group leader who gets regularly vulnerable that people dread the meetings. That's good. Yeah. All right, one last one. You know, in an attempt to kind of humanize this for anybody who might be listening and thinking, like, man, that that sounds really great for Brian, but he's clearly an expert and has been doing this a long time. I can't measure up. Like, can you give us some story where you being vulnerable, you being authentic? ended in some humorous results or maybe didn't turn out the way that you thought that it might like what's you know what what's a time where you maybe it backfired a little uh, bit i don't know if it's humorous because it, it kind of hurts to think about it, it, was, <laughs> it was just it was just stupid um i remember a number of years ago i was in a small i was in a group and i was leading the group and in in the desire to be vulnerable and share what was bothering me i share what was bothering me the most and at that point was bothering me the most was that we had a crazy high percentage of people at Crossroads that were not givers. And I was just coming in, in contact with the data and I was seeing it and I was wrestling with it and then I would, oh, it was, it was just, it was like making me come unglued entirely. Not just because the percentage of our church that was unengaged financially, but because people I knew, who people looked at, you thought, oh, that's a mature person. Like, no, not, not at all. And so I was really, I was really touching, really vulnerable. And so I, I, I would like, gosh, it was probably four, five, six meetings in a row where I would bring that up. Just as something I'm struggling with, something I'm this, something like that. And uh, and then I kind of realized like, you know what? I bet a good portion of these people here right now, if they follow Crossroads percentages, they're not engaged financially. And so they probably think this is like a passive aggressive preaching or so <laughs> or it wasn't that I wasn't at all I, I, I don't know what any of them gave I hadn't I had right. I have access to records but I hadn't gone in and looked at them or anything like that but it dawned on me like I bet this is pretty unsafe for them because they a percentage of them is not and I'm sort of 
I'm not like I, I'm. What I'm modeling is bitterness and irritation. <laughs> That's a, I'm not sharing to help them grow. I'm sharing because I'm angry. I am, and and they're probably thinking you're angry at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're angry at me because I, I, I just assumed that they were, you know, they were like the average crossroads folks. And uh, I, I that was probably a time where in my job I probably should have put more of a line in my job and what I'm wrestling with than than that. But but again. I would say it was an aggressive mistake. It was something I was, I was really wrestling with. It was the most emotionally impactful thing to me for a while, and so I thought, well, I always kind of share that, and I'm a, I'm going to just kind of keep that in my sleeve. But in hindsight, that, that probably wasn't helpful for those people. Awesome. Those right. rat bastards weren't giving. That's oh, right. Well, there, it <laughs> there it is. And there it is. Now we've landed the plane. Yeah, but bam. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks for coming in today. Hey, man. My yeah, uh, my pleasure. Thanks for doing this. I think it's going to be a really good and healthy and helpful thing for people who have an amazing calling on their life to be a group leader. It's a huge, huge, important kingdom assignment. So thank you. Awesome. Tune in next time. Um, what are we talking about next? Why do you ask? Because uh, somebody needs to drive this bus. <laughs> Clearly, We're I, gonna don't t- know. Well, I know. We should talk about what makes somebody say aunt and what makes somebody say aunt. aunt. <laughs> yes. That's a good question. Yeah, I, know the, I know the answer to that one, but I because one of them is wrong. You no, know, no, because someone's white and someone's black. That's the that's, that's oh. that. Well, on that note, that is it's interesting, fascinating. <laughs> that's right. What do I say? You said aunt. You said aunt. Oh, that's what made me. That's oh. what made me oh, think of it. Yeah. yeah. That's what made me think so of it. Aunt is. Well, for us whiteies, yes, it's <laughs> aunt. That's it. Do you say is it aunt? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. No. Well, thanks, everybody. No, we'll see you next not, time. It's not, it's not a what's right or wrong. No, no. It's, just, it's just an interesting observation. I never thought about it. Yeah, Nor yeah. have I. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Yeah, well, see, I think we'll about racial things else. like this. Way to go. That's why I'm seeing you pass it. That's true. Well done. Way to go.